I don't want to say, is it common for um, this topic that we're about to talk to, to kind of talk about, to kind of feel like my, my relationship might not be in season anymore. And in fact, it might not be in season again. You know, you, I, I like that you interpret it or, you know, pose it as like a seasonal thing, right? Because it's not only like a seasonal thing because we all we're human beings and we go through so many things like throughout life, so many transitions, so many adjustments and things like that. But because we're human and because we're all flawed humans, not only are some of those things seasonal, but sometimes it just feels like, you know, in a perfect world, you would think that a relationship's 50, 50, right. But ultimately sometimes it's 70, 30, sometimes it's 60, 40. It really depends on what season that individual is going through as well. So there's just so many complexities between being an individual versus being a partner. So sometimes it is very seasonal and sometimes it feels like it isn't always 50, 50, but as long as, you know, both people are putting forth the efforts towards, you know, what their role is in the relationship, then, um, then things can move forward. I love it. Hey y'all, Katie here with Mom Nation and welcome to another episode of Our Love Story. We know being in a relationship is hard. So Diana Isel, certified couples counselor, and I talk through different tips and tricks to help you navigate your relationship and get through everyday life. While you're here on your favorite podcast platform, please subscribe to our channel or if you'd like to visit us on YouTube and watch the video, our handle is Mom Nation USA. We hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, Mom Nation. We are back with our monthly episode of Q&A with a couple's counselor, our love story. Good morning, Diana. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Doing awesome. Always a pleasure to have you here. I love our topics because they're oh so important and pretty much everybody is dealing with something that we talk about at some point. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Relationships are a big deal, Diana. They're a very, very big deal. They make yeah. up a lot of our life, all of our relationships, right? Romantic or otherwise, like we are very social beings. So relationships weigh very heavily on us, whether it's in a very positive way or otherwise. Right. And and they come and go. I mean, I heard this really cool quote the other day that relationships are like seasons and mm-hmm. sometimes it's in season and sometimes it's not. Um, and you know, I'd love your opinion on that in terms of what you've seen. I mean, obviously your job is to try to keep marriages together if, or in relationships together, if that Mm -hmm. is a win-win for both parties. Right. Um, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, I guess, I don't want to say, is it common for um, this topic that we're about to talk to, to kind of talk about, to kind of feel like my my relationship might not be in season anymore. And in fact, it might not be in season again. You know, you I, I like that you interpret it or, you know, pose it as like a seasonal thing, right? Because it's not only like a seasonal thing because we all we're human beings and we go through so many things like throughout life, so many transitions, so many adjustments and things like that. But because we're human and because we're all flawed humans, not only are some of those things seasonal, but sometimes it just feels like, 
you know, in a perfect world, you would think that a relationship's 50-50, right? But right. ultimately, sometimes it's 70-30, sometimes it's 60-40. It really depends on what season that individual is going through as well. So there's just so many complexities between being an individual versus being a partner. So sometimes it is very seasonal and sometimes it feels like it isn't always 50-50, but as long as, you know, both people are putting forth the efforts towards, you know, what their role is in the relationship, then, um, then things can move forward. I love that you said that about the 50-50 thing, because I think that is a popular, you know, idea that, hey, you know, if I'm in a relationship, they need to give 50%, I need to give 50%, and that equals the 100. But there are times, even, you know, uh, maybe we aren't feeling so well, maybe we have some health problems, maybe there's uh, another sort of crisis happening in our lives where we're unable to give 50% to that relationship. And, you know, I think that boils down to, and you're the expert here, so you tell me, but I think that boils down to just, just straight communicating with your spouse. Um, my, my husband and I were in the car the other day, and he mentioned a podcast that he was listening to. I wish I, I remembered the name. I don't. Um, but he said that that person was explaining that, you know, one of the uh, things that has really uh, helped this person's relationship stay wonderful for so long is that they communicate, Hey, I'm feeling at a 20% today, or Hey, you know what? I had a really rough day at work. I know that you have needs and whatnot, but I, I I'm unable to give my full 50% today or, or whatever it is. And it's important. I, I loved that because I felt like it was really important to communicate that because like you said, we are human and we do have faults and we do have times when, we're able to, you know, contribute more and then times when we might be a little bit more needy. Sure, absolutely. And you know what, accountability works both ways. So if you feel like you're in a regulated position to say, like, I can only give you 20% today, like, that's just where I'm at. Like, it's also fair for their partner, if they don't speak up to hold them accountable, very considerately and kindly, of course, but like, hey, I'm noticing that, you know, your behavior is different. I've noticed that we haven't, you know, spent as much time as I would like to together. I've noticed that, you know, whatever, just making like curious observations about how they're doing, not judgment, not criticism, but just like, these are things that I've noticed, you know, so like you can still gently hold your partner accountable to changes to see if, you know, that will open up lines of communication. Because frankly, when we're feeling really dysregulated for one reason or another, sometimes it's difficult to pinpoint exactly why um, and have a hard time like articulating it. You know, some things are, you know, our, our brains are so multifaceted that sometimes we can't just dedicate um, all of our energy to pinpointing, oh, this is the one thing right now that's really stressing me out or really, really making me feel some sort of way. So sometimes having that curiosity from your partner not only holds you accountable, but it also shows that, that they care, right? That they're observing it. They notice that something's going on and they're coming from a curious perspective, right? Not like a, hey, you're being really cranky sort of situation, right? But like really curious as to like, what's your experience right now? I'm noticing some differences in you and like, I'm invested in this and I'm invested in you. So I want to find out like how we can open up this line of communication so we can find a solution if there is one. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it always boils down to that. Communicate, communicate, communicate. And yeah. <laughs> I feel like as humans, that's one of the biggest hurdles that we have or that I've noticed throughout my lifetime and in my relationships, um, not only that I've had, but that others have had as well, is the ability to really just come to the table in a nice way, um, sure. like you mentioned, you know, in a, in a gentle way and just be like, here's where I'm at. <laughs> 
instead of pointing yeah. fingers and instead of being accusatory and instead of being critical, because um, that just doesn't go anywhere. No, absolutely not. So let's dive right into it, Diana. As you guys know yeah. out there, or maybe you're new to the show and you don't, um, but we will often uh, take a, an anonymous post. We don't like to put anyone on blast, but something that has been posted in our Mom Nation Arizona group typically that pertains to relationship, marriage, that kind of thing, and we will chat about it. So today we have a post that came out on May 1st, so it's not that old. And this particular member um, stated, I need to get out of my marriage, but I keep getting mixed feelings and signs from my SO, significant other. I start feeling bad, but I'm not happy anymore. Advice, please. What do you think, Diana? I feel like <laughs> sometimes it's like I need more information. I need to know what that means. Um, you know, when I hear I need to get out of my marriage, I ask, what parts feel good and what parts don't feel good? Can we narrow down what it is that doesn't feel healthy? It doesn't feel functional anymore. And then when you're talking about mixed feelings versus mixed signals, well, what mixed feelings are you experiencing? If we can narrow down what those emotions are, and then what exactly are the mixed signals that, that, that you're seeing or that you're feeling that you're experiencing? And what does that mean? So I really feel like getting to, the root of what the feeling is like what is the mixed feeling you know because it's that's so it's so it leaves it wide open right like is it i'm feeling betrayal but then i'm also feeling forgiveness i'm feeling love but i'm feeling resentment like you know all of those things can exist simultaneously at the same time but sometimes they need to be like sorted out to figure out where the root of it is so a lot of times if we're experiencing if we're someone that experiences anxious attachment we have this this fight or flight sometimes in our relationships. So if something doesn't feel good, if something feels offensive, something doesn't feel right, sometimes we'll have the urge to run. But then when we go to run, we second guess ourselves and have doubt because there's security, there's comfort, there's maybe kids involved, there's all these things. And so there's constant like push and pull, and then it doesn't really get anywhere. So those mixed feelings are certainly warranted, healthy, all valid to have those mixed feelings. But I'd be very curious as to where those are coming from and really dig deep into what, where, where the roots are in that and what those mixed feelings are and what does mixed signals mean? Right. Right. Like, does that mean um, that you guys clearly are not on the same page if there's mixed signals happening, right? If you're not understanding what they're saying, there's no communication. So where is the communication level? Does he know or she know what your feelings are? Um, have you been clear about how you're feeling? Or are we being really secretive and avoidant because we don't want to have conflict, which is also very common to avoid that sort of conflict so that we don't have a fight, right? So those are all things that come to my mind is sort of untangling what does that mean? What emotions are present here um, that are making you feel this this push pull and this anxiousness um, about your security in the relationship because that's what I see right it's like insecurity in their position in their relationship mm -hmm. like when you hear people say like 
are you okay? Are we okay? Is everything okay? Like that's very much like an anxious attachment standpoint. And now I don't know this individual enough to, to make that call. Right. But when I hear those sorts of statements where there's a lot of confusion about the state of the relationship, that's where it brings me to where there isn't a lot of security um, in their position in the relationship and the health of the relationship overall. Yeah, I, I agree with so much of that. I just want to kind of pick apart a little bit and, and talk a little bit deeper yeah. about. Um, and one big thing that you mentioned and that I think kind of, it, it's got to play a huge part in things. I know just in my life, I mean, you know that I was divorced before and, um, you know, Matt's my second husband. And so I know that this played a part for me. Um, but it is a really giant big deal on a, um, not only, not only an emotional level, um, but for, you know, a physical level, a financial level, um, that security, it, that routine is definitely getting disrupted um, mm -hmm. there, you know, it's a big, what a big change to not only leave a relationship, but also to leave your home, find another home, um, start your, a whole new life over. I mean, that's mm -hmm. really big and really scary stuff. And do you feel like that the fear of of that of moving into that may kind of cloud the judgment of one or more parties uh, to the relationship as to whether or not it's over? One hundred percent. I mean, fear is such a powerful motivator. And there's a lot of fear to everything that you just said, you know, getting up and starting over, ending a relationship, you know, what does that mean if there's kids involved and, you know, we're having to share custody and, you know, all of those things. And, you know, with, you know, the, the current way that, you know, the economy is right now, there's a lot of people that are struggling. And so some people are staying together for necessity. Right. And that's like a whole other topic of, you know, the, you know, how healthy that is for for each other, for themselves, for the kids, like all of those things. But the fear of the unknown is a very powerful motivator to make people stay in relationships that aren't healthy. Um, but my question goes back to, is that black or white? Is it stay or go? You know, or is there something in the middle? Is there some sort of gray in the middle where our expectations live, where our roles and responsibilities live, where our communication lives, like all of those things, getting to the root and diagnosing the symptoms of the relationship that don't feel healthy. Why is it stay or go? Like, is there a curiosity there? Now you have to have two willing parties to do that, right? Like you have to have both people bought in to the idea of, helping the relationship or learning about themselves, learning about how to improve the relationship. You only have one willing participant, right? They've sort of already made that decision for you, which is, you know, it's common, but an unfortunate circumstance where one person doesn't want to work on it, you can't really do anything about that. And that is very frustrating. But if you have two willing participants that are like, hey, we know things don't feel right right now. And we could certainly, we deserve to be in a healthy, happy relationship and feel differently than we do right now. And let's put some effort into it. Let's, let's, go see a counselor, let's go see a therapist and see if there's someone that can help us untangle this from an objective perspective, right? Because whatever we're doing right now is not working. The way that we have conflict right now is not working. The way that we are communicating is not working. So we need a third party to figure out where the error is happening. Is it in the message that's heard versus delivered, right? Like we covered that, I think in the previous podcast, right? Like, mm -hmm. is there an error in the communication? Is there a misinterpretation of what's being said? Um, is there avoidance happening, stonewalling? 
criticism, contempt, all of those things that get in the way of healthy conflict resolution and communication, sometimes you need a third party to, to, to point out like, okay, this is what I heard. What did you hear when they said that? Because that's interesting how different they are, right? And trying to untangle the preconceived notions of, oh, I already know what they're going to say. I already know what they mean by that, right? Mm -hmm. There's already this assumption happening after a period of time of dysfunctional communication and conflict resolution that we make a lot of assumptions. And so back to that curiosity piece, are we invested in that? Because if we are invested in the possibility of separating, getting a new place, having to split our kids, having to get a new vehicle or whatever the case may be, if we're invested in possibly doing that, can we be as equally invested in trying to figure out what's going on and fix it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and the other part that I wanted to sort of pull out in detail a bit is the mixed feelings and signals. Well, I guess mostly the mixed signals. So you had said, well, what does that mean? What is that? And I feel like that is a really important point to stop on because, it, you know, what exactly is the signal? Is the mm -hmm. spouse just being nice? Mm -hmm. And does that mean that they want to remain or work on the relationship or are they just being nice because they don't want it to you know they want it to go as smoothly as possible or they want you know what I'm like does it make sense yeah. what I'm trying to say yeah absolutely is the absence of conflict mean that everything's okay right yeah. so yeah, is right. the absence of conflict mean that everything's good but sometimes the absence of conflict means we're not communicating that we're just avoiding a conflict altogether right which is also something we do sometimes we want to avoid conflict because we don't want the fight but something that's really important to keep in mind when it comes to conflict is it's not inherently a bad thing to have conflict in fact, this is going to sound super crazy, but the more conflicts you have that come out to a really healthy resolution, that actually builds your intimacy and builds your trust because you have an opportunity to teach your partner something every single time you have conflict. Mm -hmm. You learn that I can create an emotionally safe space for you to feel your feelings and to tell me how you feel, right? Or I could teach you that I can't do that. I can teach you that all of your feelings are fine and that is unpleasant and negative as those feelings might be, we can find a solution and it's all welcome with me. And I will sit here in it with you and we can talk about it. You have an opportunity to teach your partner every single time you have a conflict. But if you avoid that conflict, all of those lessons and those opportunities are missed. And that's mm. a real bummer when we avoid conflict because we have this, this negative connotation attached to having conflict when it's not necessarily a bad thing. If you have a, a disagreement about something and you resolve it and you come out the other side feeling really good, you just made like a little deposit into the emotional intimacy bank, right? Like, cool. So we used our skills and we did it this time. That means we can do it again. And that right. means when we have a big conflict, we can apply those skills to that too. And we'll be successful. Our chances of being successful are much higher. Yeah. So what does that mixed signal mean? To your point, like, does it mean we're avoiding conflict? So the absence of conflict means everything okay. I also have to wonder if the mixed signals has anything to do with physical intimacy, right? So sometimes in relationships, 
if there's the presence of you know sexual intimacy that can definitely give the signal that i am wanted i am worthy you um, want me you value me all of those things but then outside of the bedroom setting um, things go back to being very dysfunctional and very unhealthy so that is a very common um, theme in uh hearing about mixed signals in relationships is it sometimes it does come down to sexual intimacy yeah, makes a lot of sense. I totally get that. Are there any particular, and this may be a different answer for every person, and I get that, um, but maybe you have some examples. Are there any specific signs that somebody can look at um, or know that it's over or it gives kind of, I guess, helps them to make that decision? You know, the one thing that comes to mind for me is just willingness. If you if your partner is open to the possibility of being vulnerable and willing to learn and willing to to improve and do something better, I think that's a sign that this could really work. If you're both committed, even if on a one to ten scale, you're both committed at like a three, but you both continue to show up and you do the work, that's a sign that it could certainly work. I would say a sign that it's not going to is their lack of willingness. If they're not curious as to what could change or what their role is in it or to hold themselves accountable or any of those things, you can't work with that, right? Like they've made the decision for you. They've decided that they're not willing to do any of those things. And you can't have a relationship with only one willing participant. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about, is there a sign? If you sit your partner down, this poster sits their partner down and says like, listen, this is how I'm feeling. I feel like there's, you know, issues in our relationship related to this, this, and this. I'm not feeling secure in the relationship. Like, I feel like this is something we need to work on. Tell me what your thoughts are. And if that partner is saying, you know, hey, yeah, maybe I've noticed a lot of the same things. I really don't know how to bring it up. I've really just been trying to avoid a fight. Um, but yeah, like, let's try to figure this out. What do we do? How do we go about doing that? Right. And that's like a, a pretty good indicator for for the poster that their partner is willing to, to try. And maybe they don't see some of the things that they do, some of their behaviors that are contributing to this cycle. Right. But if she sits them down and they say, well, I don't know what to tell you, you know, it's, it's all in your head. This sounds like a you problem, anything that's like minimizing, dismissive, gaslighting, perhaps like any of those things to me, that would be a pretty clear sign that um, unless a person is going to change overnight, which we know doesn't really happen. Um, that's probably, that's probably a good indicator for, for the poster to figure out what they want their next steps to be. How about, uh, is there, and again, it could be a different answer for each person, but is there a certain amount of time that you would suggest a couple give before they make the decision to split? I think that's really um, like a lot of things. I feel like I say this a lot. Very subjective, right? Um, right. There's some couples that wait until they're like, make or break, right? Like they wait till they get to that point where they're like, well, if this doesn't work, then we're done. Right. And so mm -hmm. in order to get some sort of commitment, I'll ask like, is there a time frame that you're looking at here? Is it by, you know, is it six months? Is it 
how long are you, you know, wanting to invest in this and what does improvement look like to you? Right. Cause if you're looking for just like a complete 180 in like three weeks, like that's not going to happen. Right. It took however many years to get into this situation. Like it doesn't necessarily take that same amount of time to get out of it, but it is going to be, you know, an investment in time to do that. So some couples really operate well with like a targeted goal. Like we're giving this until, you know, December to see some sort of improvement. This is what improvement would look like. This is what I'm looking for sort of thing. And if we can move that needle from a three to a seven, solid, then we keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but some couples that, you know, take a step back and there aren't they aren't in that crisis mode of like stay or go sort of situation. I don't feel like you know, they necessarily want or need a time frame. It's just we're making this investment now so that we don't get to that point later. You know, we're being proactive versus reactive and we're trying to get to the root of things that could possibly be happening later or things that are coming up now that we could see being a bigger problem later. Right. And in that case, it's just it, it, they're on their own time. There really isn't a set amount of time for um, for you to be like in couples counseling. You know, some clients you know, some clients I've, I've had for four years, some clients I've had for six months, you know, it just really depends on, you know, their, what the issues are, right? Um, their level of commitment to, to doing the work and their level of investment in doing the work and just where they're at in terms of how long this has been going on, um, their feelings about it, the, again, the issues at hand, it's really, really subjective, but I don't think there's a right or wrong way to go about saying, you know, this is my expectation at six months. This is what I need to be seeing in order to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Awesome. (laughs) That was very thorough, Diana. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I try, Katie. I try. (laughs) Oh, you're awesome. You're awesome. Is there anything else that you'd like to add uh, for this mom, for that particular post or to this topic? I would say if that mom can sit their partner down and have that conversation, like I was referring to a few minutes ago, and either way, if she feels supported or not, individual counseling is amazing. And being able to get to the root of why you feel the way that you do. Um, And so whether or not your your partner at this time has that buy in, you will learn a lot about yourself um, and where you're coming from, uh, where you've come from. Right. And some of your own influences and um, predispositions and all of those things that make you who you are. Right. That form your personality. And you might learn that hey, maybe I'm outgrowing this or, hey, maybe this is what I'm contributing to the conflict. This is what I'm contributing to, you know, the the unhealthiness of the relationship. Right. And so you learn a lot about yourself going that route. And so I feel like either way, that might be a really good route for um, this particular poster to take so that she can help untangle the mixed feelings and untangle those mixed emotions and things like that so that maybe she can articulate it more clearly to her partner if she if she can't clearly identify right now where it's coming from Mm -hmm. yeah totally agree well thank you again diana and i know that your door is always open to our followers our fans members members of mom nation um how can they get in touch with you and you do offer a free consultation yes I do. You can go to my website. It's dianaisotherapy.com. 
in the upper right hand corner, you can click on schedule a free consultation. You get a free 15 minute consultation with me. I will answer all of your questions, all of the good stuff. Um, and then you can also research, um, I'm sorry, you can reach, reach me on Facebook or Instagram um, at Diana Eisel Therapy as well. I suppose it's research too. I mean, it is research, right? I fully, fully support you researching every individual and couples counselor that you run across. Look at what they specialize in um, and see, see how it fits. Trust and rapport is the most important thing that you can have with whatever provider you go with. And so I think it's really important that you, that you find, you find the right fit. So yes, research as well. But research, research away. <laughs> and you can research Diana more over on our YouTube channel because we have been at this for quite some time now, Diana. Yeah. And it's been absolutely amazing. We are on our second year of this podcast and with sh- and sharing with our members, followers, fans, all of that jazz, everything relationship. And I think all the things. All the things, because there's <laughs> lots of things. We know that. I mean, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's just in, in really our entire life is one big relationship, right? And Absolutely. so it's definitely an important topic. And I thank you very much again for being with us. For thank those you. of you, again, who want to research more of Diana, hop on over to our <laughs> YouTube channel and it is at Mom Nation USA. That is our handle. Just scroll down a little bit. You will see Diana's lovely face and, and you will see our podcast, our playlist for the podcast. And it's called Q&A with a Couples Counselor, Our Love Story. If you are listening to us on the you're more of a podcast fan then hop on over to your favorite podcast platform do a quick search for mom nation talk radio and there you can click on the little bell or whatever it is that uh, allows you to subscribe to the channel so that way you can get notifications every time we have a new show all righty diana well thank you so much thank you bye guys take care bye